Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mikesell. This past week on Wednesday, we had a, a change in our calendar. Maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't. It went from August to September. How many people notice that? When it goes from one month to the other, are you, do you notice that? Or does it just sort of coast past? I think some people really notice that change in the date. Other people, they, you know, it's just one day comes after another. Uh, I'm one of the people that, that notice it, but I notice it for a, a particular reason. I have a, a system that I've been tracking for probably five or six years now. Um, my exercise and also the, the days when, I, when my uh, calorie, I use a, a calorie counter and when the days when I'm under a certain number, I get a, a, a check on the, the calendar and I get po- a point system and I have a spreadsheet that goes back a couple of years and it's, it's all sorts of fun. And I know for some of you, I can tell the people that heard the word spreadsheet, you got excited. And some of you, you heard the word spreadsheet and your eyes just kind of glazed over. For those of us who like spreadsheets, it's a lot of fun. So um, it, it, it's, it's enjoyable, but that's really beside the point. The point is, that this, this system, this point system that I developed, helps me to make decisions about whether or not I'm gonna get up and actually exercise in the morning, whether or not I'm gonna be careful with the, the level of food that I eat and all those kinds of things. And it, it has helped me. It may not help you, but it has helped me for a couple of years to be able to really kind of track that and to be able to see what's happening. What's the point? Well, the point is that it's really, really helpful for me when I'm tracking that to come to the end of the month because I can look back over the previous month and if things went well, I was able to exercise a lot of days and really be careful with the food that I was eating. I can see that score on for that month and I can celebrate and I can be excited and kind of lock that in. But maybe even more important than the months when it goes well are the months that it didn't go very well. Because I can get to the first of that month and I can say, you know what? Last month wasn't that great, but today's the start of a new month. And I can do better this month than I did last month. And it can challenge me and it can encourage me to go forward to do better this month. We like, as people, to have those times when we get a fresh start, don't we? We like those times when we can get a, get a redo and, and get going from a clean slate. That's why every year at, in January, there are lots of people that make New Year's resolutions and there's this whole industry almost of of setting things up for the year and getting excited for those new opportunities. That's why when we're in the right frame of mind, uh, a new day brings energy and enjoyment. When you wake up in the morning, if it's, you, you can look forward to the, the activities of that day. And while Monday morning isn't always many of our favorite time of the week, it is a fresh start of a new work week. And we have an opportunity to set this week better than last week. It's good to have those times for fresh starts. But I want to ask you a question. Do you ever wonder, do you ever wonder whether a similar fresh start is available in your relationship with God? Do you ever have an inkling or a desire to say, you know what, I, things haven't been going so well and now's an opportunity to start again, to really get close to God. Do you ever wonder whether God can forgive those sins and those things that you have done wrong in the past? 
Do you ever wonder whether God can change the circumstances and the situations that you're facing? This morning, we have some good news. God loves you. God loves you so much that forgiveness of sins and new life in Christ are possible. And they're available to you and to me this day. Labor Day weekend is one of those times of year that perhaps after January 1st might be the, the second most time of the year when we're really kind of evaluating and starting new with different kinds of activities. The kids have gone back to school in many cases in the last couple of weeks, and that kind of is an opportunity for a fresh start. Next Sunday, we have our fall kickoff for our programming here at the church. It's, it's an opportunity to come back from many of the activities, the things that we've been doing over the last few weeks, and have a fresh start, a renewal of our relationship with God. And then we've, on top of that, we've had a year and a half of COVID that has disrupted all kinds of our, our normal activities and our schedules. And again, we can ask ourselves the question, what are those things that God is inviting us to seek renewal in? Where are those places in our lives where we're invited by God today, this week, and the coming month to get a fresh start? to get a new start, to get a new opportunity to see the ways that God is at work. This morning, we're going to look at about three different ways in which God offers us this new start, this fresh start, and a couple of different passages that highlight that together. We're going to start by turning to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, the second letter, chapter 5, beginning at verse 16, we read this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has made us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, we make him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. There is a reality that's common to all human beings. Every single one of us. Not a single one of us has been has missed feeling and experiencing the impact of sin both in our own lives and the world in which we live. The Bible says that we've all sinned and that sin separates us from God. It breaks our relationship with God. And we feel that. We we recognize that in a number of different ways and we go about our lives trying to fill that gap in our relationship with God in, in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we, we try to fill it with our jobs, with our work. We try to get really extra busy, and we think that if we have just a little more influence, a little more money, a little more power, then we're going to feel this fulfillment and this gap that isn't there in our relationship with God will no longer exist. Sometimes we try to fill that gap by being consumed with our families, by having just a perfect family and a perfect house and a perfect relationship in our, in, our, in our families, and we try to fill that gap in that sort of way. 
Other times we, we get consumed with hobbies or drugs or all sorts of things that, that seek to numb us to the reality of our existence, hoping that somehow, some way, we'll find fulfillment and the end to the mindless monotony of life that it, we experience sometimes. But here's the thing. The real source of hope for any of us, the real source for feeling the, the close of that gap in our lives, is found in, in receiving that gift of forgiveness, that gift of new life in Jesus Christ. We can't get it ourselves, and God offers it to, to us as a gift. Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sins, dying on a cross and rising again. As the Apostle John says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The most significant, the most important redo of any human being's life is this redo that we are invited to in our relationship with God. And that offer of a fresh start is available to each one of us who are here this day. Are you feeling that tug, that need for that new beginning? Do you recognize that you've sinned and that your sin separates you from God? The good news is what Paul has outlined to us in this passage. God is reconciling the world to himself, not counting our sins against us. Some of you might be thinking, well, that all sounds fine and good for the, the pretty good people. But you don't know what I've done. There's no way that God's forgiveness, God's fresh start can come to a person like me. You might think that you've gone too far and there isn't any hope. You may think that the sin that you have committed has forever separated you from God. That's not how God works. That's not the extent of God's love. How do we know? How do we know that? We know it's not the extent of God's love because God knew the sins that you and I were going to commit. And yet 2,000 years ago, he came to this world anyway. He came to make a way of forgiveness possible, knowing precisely what we would do and how we would turn away from God. And he still loved us. He still came and offered this means of forgiveness. Paul says that God isn't counting our sins against us. There's no qualifier on that point. The forgiveness of God is great and is extended to us this day. The greatest restart, the greatest restart known to humanity is this restart that's offered to us in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But that's not the end of the restarts, of the, the new directions, of the new beginnings that God offers to us. Having received that forgiveness, God also offers to guide and direct and to mold our lives in new and great ways. Ways that reflect more and more fully the character and the nature of God. God invites us to have our, our character changed, to be changed from the inside out, and to reflect in our activity the truth and the nature of God. In his other letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul describes it this way when he says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy drunkards, revilers, robbers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you used to be. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of God. 
Now, on its first blush, you hear the first part of that passage, and you hear this list that's certainly not an exhaustive list of all of the sins that separate us from God, and you read something like, um, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God, and for many of us, it just sort of reinforces what we were thinking a moment ago, that, that there is no hope, there's no ultimate redo in this scenario. Here's the thing. Paul says, that's what you used to be. That's what your life used to be marked by. He's listing a pretty strong list of, of things that we would say, yeah, those things would separate us from God. And he's saying, that's what you used to be, but God has received you into his kingdom. And not only that, God is continuing to mold and to change and to remake your life in his image. God wants to not just forgive us of our sins. God wants to give us a fresh start in how we react and in, in how we in, are in involved in the world in which we live. There's a, there's a theological term that's attached to that. It's mentioned in that passage I read there. The, the term is sanctification. It's a term by which God is at work changing us and remaking us in God's image. In addition to forgiving us of sin, God wants to make that change where he molds us more and more into his likeness. God wants to set us free to live in line with his will and his desires. He wants to remake us from the inside out so that our thoughts and our actions reflect godly character. In other words, God wants to bring new beginning not just in our relationship with God, but a new beginning in our relationships with one another and with the world around us. Now, the simple question to that point is, well, how does that happen? I mean, how is it possible that my life can be different tomorrow than it was yesterday? Perhaps you've had the opportunity to look back over your life a year ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, and you can see some of those places where God has been at work where God has changed and God has remade and molded your life in new and incredible ways. Sometimes, in the midst of those circumstances and situations, sometimes God does an incredible miracle. God does something where, where just in the split second, the circumstances and the situation is changed. I've, I've heard the stories of people who were caught in addictions for long, long periods of time, and in a moment... God changed their life and took away that situation. We've heard stories of, of miracles where, where lives were changed and where lives were turned around. And sometimes, sometimes, God does that. And we can be thankful for the ways that God works. But many times, the vast majority of the time, God doesn't do it in a split second. Many, many times, the ways that God works are over time molding and developing and, and helping us to become and to be the people that he has created us to be. Sometimes God allows us to not see that change really, really quickly. And in the process of that subtle, slow change, we see again and again our dependence and our need on God. Paul had that experience. We read in scripture where Paul talked about having a thorn in his flesh. And Scholars debate exactly what that thorn in his flesh was, whether it was a, a physical ailment, whether it was some sort of a, a spiritual struggle. What, whatever it was, he experienced that for over a period of time. He prayed to God, please take this away. And for whatever reason, God chose not to take it away. But Paul said in the midst of that, he recognized again and again 
his absolute, utter, and complete dependence on God. Even in the midst of a slow change, even in the midst of where we can't really see what is happening, God is at work. Sometimes God invites us to grow in relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ, either in one-on-one ways or in small groups or with, with trained professionals like counselors and others who can help us in this process of sanctification. Help us to grow closer to God, to, draw, to grow in our relationship with God, to have a fresh start in our relationship with God. And in each of these cases, we are invited by God to recognize his encouragement, his assistance, his guidance throughout the process. We're invited to seek God's help and to allow him to mold and to guide our lives. When you recognize that need for renewal in your life, there's, there's things that maybe you recognize over time have kind of slipped a little bit or where you, you recognize that, that growth in Jesus Christ is needed. We're invited to allow God to work. And watch the ways that God, in sometimes big ways, in many times much smaller ways, changes us in through our lives. There's a, there's a short little passage in Lamentations 3 that reminds us of the faithfulness of God in this sometimes long process. It says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is with us day by day in this process of being remade and renewed in his likeness. And every day is an opportunity to say yes to God and to see the renewal process that God is making in our lives and in our world. To see that redo that is possible because God is at work. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we're offered forgiveness, first of all, forgiveness of sins, and that sort of, that, that most basic restart, that most basic renewal of being forgiven and invited into a relationship with God. And that's incredibly wonderful news. In addition, God is at work giving us a new start, remaking us in his image, and bringing change into our lives in this world. And that, that certainly is an encouragement as we go through the regular day-to-day -day events and activities of our lives and of our world. There's one last piece of this that we're going to focus on today, and that's the question of what happens when, when some things just can't change. Some things ultimately aren't going to change in this world. You know, maybe the person with whom we had that broken relationship, maybe they died. Maybe there are, there are physical consequences to the, the sin and the activity, or, or not even just sin, but other activities of our lives and of our world that continue to be with us day by day, and, and they're not going to be re removed on, in, during this life. We recognize, we recognize that sometimes God performs miracle, curing a disease or restoring a broken relationship and bringing harmony where it didn't seem possible. And sometimes, in spite of those prayers and despite our deepest desires, those things remain a part of our lives and our world. Is there, is there hope for some sort of a, a new start in those areas? Is there hope for some sort of a, a new day to dawn when it comes to those parts of our lives? Is there any other opportunity for a fresh start? Well, that points us to the end of Scripture. 
the point in which God gives us a vision beyond this world to that ultimate redo. It's described to us in Revelation chapter 21, where we read this. This is John describing his vision, saying, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. That certainly is a wonderful word of encouragement, particularly when we think about those parts of our lives and our world that we see either can't change or over long periods of time don't seem to change. God is still at work. And God is not bound by the time and place and things that we can see and experience in this world. He is at work preparing and creating our ultimate destination in his presence. Despair in the face of the realities of our world is certainly understandable and in many cases justifiable. You don't have to watch the news very long to know that there are a lot of things in our communities and in our country and in our world that, that seem to be going in all sorts of different directions and, and can can seem to pull us away from the, the, this point of hope and redo. But here's the thing. God is at work in, a world, in our world, in our, in our existence, in ways we don't even see or know. But we are promised that God is at work. And there will come a day. There will come a day when there is an ultimate redo. When there is an ultimate fresh start. And so whether it's that receiving the forgiveness of God and recognizing the, the new relationship that we're able to have with God because he's forgiven us of our sins and invited us into that relationship, whether it's in that ongoing process of sanctification, of being renewed in God's likeness, sometimes in, in big jumps and sometimes in awfully slow process, or whether it's in that ultimate redo, when God returns to this world and there is a new heaven and a new earth, and there is a new existence beyond what we can begin to imagine. We serve a God of new beginnings. And as we are here at this sort of inflection point in our year, as we are here at this point, in somewhat in the inflection point of many of our lives, as we continue through this, this time of COVID, are there places in your life where God's inviting you to a, a restart, a redo? Whether that is coming to a relationship with him for the first time, whether that's growing in your relationship with him in some way and, and inviting others into your, into your life to hold you accountable, to encourage you that you can be an encouragement to them, or whether it's to be reminded of that ultimate redo when Christ returns and sets up his new kingdom. Wherever that is, God invites us to receive this day an encouragement and a recognition that he is a God of new beginnings. This morning, we are going to remember and recognize perhaps the greatest, not perhaps, the greatest way in which that came to pass 
And that was in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And so it's God himself who invites us to this table this day to receive and to recognize his love for us expressed in the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood. Let us pray. Lord God, we are grateful for your love for us, for your presence with us. We are grateful that you are the God of new beginnings. And Lord God, that began most significantly with Jesus Christ dying on the cross, pay the penalty for our sins, and to offer us new hope in a relationship with you. This day as we receive the bread and as we receive the cup, we pray that, Lord, you would bless these elements, that you would use them for us this day to be a clear reminder of your love for us, of the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, and of that offer of a redo, a restart, a renewal in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord God, for this invitation. Thank you for this time to recognize and remember your work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, given for you. Whenever you eat of it, do so in remembrance of me. So I invite you at this time, take the bread, the wafer that's in front of you, and let us share the bread, remembering the body of Christ given for us. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, he blessed it, he poured it out, and he gave it to his disciples saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so this day, I invite you to take the cup. And in doing so, remember the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Lord God, we are grateful today for the reminder of your love, the reminder of your care and your presence with us, for the reminder of that invitation that you gave and that you give to each one to receive your forgiveness, to receive the new life in Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray for each person in this congregation, both present here and online, they would recognize this offer of forgiveness, that they have not received this gift from you, Lord God, that they would be open to receiving that today. Lord God, we're also grateful that beyond just forgiveness of sin, you invite us to renewed and changed lives. I pray that you would help me during this season. I pray for each person here that you would continue to open our eyes to those areas where you want to mold and guide and change our lives. Those ways in which you want us to grow in relationship with you and others. May we be open to that leading and that guidance in our lives. May we be used by you. And Lord God, we are grateful again for the reminder 
that you are at work in a cosmic way, a way far bigger than we can begin to imagine. That there is an eternal hope that is ours, an eternal renewal, and an eternal opportunity to spend eternity with you. That that gives us hope in the midst of often trying times. But Lord God, we recognize that that's not an excuse to turn our backs on the world in which we live and the opportunity to be an influence and to make a difference and to share the love and hope of Jesus Christ, the men and women, boys and girls that we meet every day. And so, Lord God, may you use us today and this week, whether we're at the grocery store, whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whatever it might be, may we be a reflection of your love for us and in doing so be an invitation and a recognition that you desire that relationship for the world around us. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence with us. Thank you for this reminder today. And thank you that together we can pray as Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.